This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Welcome back to the Oklahoma Sports Show. I'm Jason Evans. Along with me is Jared Kennedy. Jared, how you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. How are you? Well, it's good to be back at it, Jared. Uh, you know, uh, last week, OU came away with a victory, uh, really a, a, a good win against Kansas State at home, and then we watched T, uh, TU uh, lose really a heartbreaker. I mean, inches away from potentially going into the third straight overtime game against Houston. And so, uh, as we look forward to this next week, um, there's there's three big games again. Uh, these are three games that that all all the Oklahoma teams are favored in, um, but these are three games that that all three teams have to be ready to play. And so, Jared, uh, since Oklahoma State was off last week, let's go ahead and start. Uh, let's start the show talking about the OSU versus Kansas game. Um, you know, what are your immediate thoughts? This is a, a a place that the last couple of years, Gundy coach teams have had a rough time. Uh, the last two years, or not the last two years, but the last two times they've played in Lawrence, uh, Oklahoma State has only won by a combined 13 points, even though they were heavily favored in both of those games. So um, what kind of feeling do you have uh, going into this game in Lawrence? Uh, it's just one of those typical, you know, is your team going to be up and ready for um, for this game? It's a, you know when people talk about Kansas university, uh, in basketball, you, you know, it's, it's a big time game. You're mentally preparing yourself when you're talking about Kansas football. That's, it's not always the case. Uh, you know, a few years back, Mangino had the team, you know, I, I remember them being, I think as high as number three, yeah, uh, in, in the nation, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and they came to Stillwater and, it was one of those deals where this is freaking Kansas. Nobody's scared of this number three, and they beat us. Yeah, and uh, that's not the cl- case clearly here. Uh, but what you got to be scared of is is the players thinking exactly that. Right? This is Kansas. This would be a great, you know, easy win after a bye week. Uh, head on up to Lawrence, uh, dilly daddle around. Uh, should be a piece of cake. That's usually what gets get you in trouble. So I think the main thing for these guys is uh, you got to treat this game just like it's Oklahoma or Texas or West Virginia or anybody, any other uh, opponent. You can't go into this uh, game thinking you got it won because uh, in division one, anything, uh, especially football, any, anything can happen. So um, as long as these guys are mentally prepared and they get up for this game and they don't play down to their opponent, I think that's what we tend to do a lot of times is we, we play down to our opponent. If our opponent ain't that great, we play good enough just to beat them. And then all it takes, uh, just you saw it last week with the you know Tulsa and Houston. Um, Houston, I've, every, I, th- I feel everybody thinks is the better team, but uh, Tulsa stuck around, you know, and Tulsa had a chance of beating them, but because of a turnover – you know, it ended up in their favor. So, you know, turnovers in a game like this uh, can can kill a team. So, you got you got to be up for it, or else uh, a turnover or two could could uh, be costly for the Cowboys. Yeah, I I agree completely, and I, I like that you mentioned that it seems like uh, this Oklahoma State team, or and really, in my opinion, a lot of. Uh, Yersich coached offenses play down to their opponent. Uh, you saw it two weeks ago. I mean, they trailed by 17 to Iowa State. Um, you you remember the Central Michigan game. And, I mean, really that whole game, you watched a team really just seem like they played uh, to their opponent's level. And I think people who've watched Oklahoma State closely, they feel like that that's probably a common factor. I mean, two years ago when they went up to Lawrence, they won 27 to 20, but that seven point difference was a Tyreek Hill kickoff return for a touchdown. And, you know, they, they, they really had nothing going offensively in that game. Uh, back in 2012, they won 20 to 14. And you've got to go all the way back to the Whedon to Blackman days to see a Oklahoma State team really go in and, and put some points up in Lawrence. And so, you know, I think that's going to be a challenge for Oklahoma State is that's the like how are they going to keep a mindset to we've got to play as hard as we can on both sides of the ball but I really think offensively 
uh, as the, as they play uh, there in it. I mean, honestly, probably a half empty stadium. It won't be a great environment. It won't be a super raucous crowd. Um, and I think to me, that's going to be one of the challenges. Uh, and I think the coaches know that. I mean, they're going to do what they can to prepare the kids. But I mean, Jared, you know, as well as I do, sometimes it doesn't matter how hard the coach does uh, the pump you up speech. Uh, if you feel like you you know who your opponent, sometimes it's just it's hard to get excited for those kind of games. Yeah, I mean it's you said it. You know, coaches. You know, people think it's all entirely on coaches to get their team pumped up. Listen, if in a lot of cases, if it takes pump up videos and all those kind of things to get your team motivated and stuff, you know, maybe you guys need to reevaluate yourself of where you're at and where's where the leadership is on the team. Uh, that that's that's what's going to come into play here you know how how big of leaders do we have how how well do our leaders step up and and get our get this team motivated and not have to rely on the coaches to do that so and and you said it best uh you know against like Iowa State you know you're down by what were we down by 17 17 yeah against like Iowa State we're down by 17 Central Michigan we get down uh and the difference is in Iowa State we we they they made a couple of bad plays and and we had a couple of breaks which allowed us to now clearly we I think we're the better team but in a game like that where you did dilly daddle around you play down to their opponent all all it is 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 one big play or or one screw up away from a, a win or a loss and in the Iowa State game it it happened to fall our way but in the Central Michigan we couldn't get those you know turnover for the other team or you know. Uh, to, to come out of it so if, if we if we try that's what's always scary about getting down so much if we try coming up not being pumped up and get down by a team in kansas that's that's always you know played is pretty tough in in lawrence um you know it could be a it could be a long day in uh in lawrence yeah i agree and i mean if if you're an oklahoma state fan you obviously hope that doesn't happen um you know let's look at a couple of the players are there are there any specific players maybe you're looking for that maybe you know they had a week off last week so so hopefully players were able to rest up get healthy I know uh, coach Gundy actually alluded to to Rudolph potentially being a little bit banged up not his arm or hands or anything like that but I think you mentioned like his his torso in the Texas game that limited his ability to kind of turn left and right and so, you know, the by by the time you get halfway through the season, you need that bye week. But coming off of this bye week, is there anyone maybe that any maybe a per uh, a specific player or a unit that you're looking for that you would really like to see come out firing? Well, first off is offense. I mean, anytime you come off a of bye week, I think everybody's always anxious. All right, what did we work on? How is our line, you know, did they come up with any new scheme or, or a way to uh, be better at blocking, you know. Uh, I think the offense, I want to I want to see, you know, I want to see Hill. In a game like Kansas, Hill, Hill should go off. I mean, our backs – our, we should have a couple of backs over 100 yards, in my opinion. You know, we we should rush for 200, 250 yards at least. So I want to see our run game going. I want to see Hill uh, take off. Uh, but also, I want to see Juwan Seals. I want to see Seals start getting some action because we've seen little spurts from him this year. You know, we've had McCleskey and uh, Washington, obviously. But, you know, Seals used to be one of our big names. Hey, th- this is the guy that the the difference maker on this uh, receiving core and we've seen spurts of him this year but we haven't really seen him take off so i'd like to see a big game um from seals kind of get him going we know washington's gonna have a big game mccleskey's gonna come up with big plays um but i really want to see seals uh take off and let's let's start getting him a little action yeah, I think mentioning him, you know, it's pretty pretty good. He's he's got 19 receptions on the year, and you know, you really saw him kind of come to life against Pittsburgh. He had seven catches, 129 yards, including the one that set up the eventual game winning touchdown. Um, but since that time against Texas, he had three catches for 49 yards, and uh, against Baylor, he had two for 20, and against Iowa State, he had one for 33. And so, you know, that you've really seen him as as he's kind of seemed like faded a little bit. Jalen McCluskey has has really stepped it up. Um, you know, he's had a couple hundred yard games and a couple seventy yard receiving games, and so you've seen him step up. But I agree, I would love to see 
uh, Seals kind of really for the rest of the season become that player that everyone hoped he would, even as a freshman. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that seems like he's been there for about 27 years. Um, but you know, now that it is his, his senior year, you, you really want to see him step up. And I mean, can, if you can imagine if you got Washington on, on one side and Seals on the other and McCluskey over the middle, um, that, that gives Rudolph a lot of options. No, I was going to say, and, and I think now we're getting deeper into, you know, big 12, uh, I mean, Washington's just been going off. He, he's a guy that, you know, keeps putting up these stats. Uh, we may be, you know, fighting to keep him around, you know. Yeah. Hey, let, uh, surely he won't go on the draft, but a, a guy with these kind of numbers, his kind of speed, uh, you know, mouths are watering, you know, in the in the NFL. So a guy like that's going to go off. He's he's going to have a game. Hey, I, I say go off. You know, he's, he's going to have his 100-yard games in a game like this. But I think teams are more apt to they're, they're going to start fading his way more. He's going to start seeing a lot of a lot more uh, of that man on man and then the guy over the top, you know, kind of double coverage. And I think that that's going to leave Seals and guys like Seals McCluskey. That's going to leave them open for a lot more opportunities. So I'd like to see Seals uh, get going because I think later on down the stretch when teams start, you know, leaning more towards you know. Washington shut him down. It's going to leave Seals with more of a one-on-one uh, type situation that I think uh, in most matchups um, he's going to be the favored. Yeah, you know I I totally agree. And and I mean to your point, if if Oklahoma State could make Seals a reliable option on that other side, it's only going to help Washington out um, because he has been on a tear. And you know there's been a, a, a couple receivers that have been on a tear. And I'm sure we'll talk about D.D. Westbrook in a little bit, but um, you know between Westbrook and Washington, and then the uh, the the guy out of uh, Texas Tech, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, you know you've got three legitimate big time receivers um, who have stepped up in in a conference full of offensive weapons. Um, you know you mentioned Justice Hill and how you want to see him run for a hundred, and you'd like to see a couple uh, a couple running backs go for a hundred in this game. I mean I think it is very doable. Kansas has given up almost two hundred yards on the ground on average a game, and you know I mean we're we're they're three games into the Big Twelve season. We're three games into the Big Twelve season. I mean. Um, we we know other than Texas and really it seems like OU starting to put the ground game together, but the Big Twelve is not a heavy running team, and so for Kansas to to be giving up almost two hundred a game, um, that doesn't you know it definitely presents the opportunity for Oklahoma State to get the ground game going. Now whether or not they will, that's that's still to be determined. Um, do you think uh, having a week off? Do you think Justice Hill has has learned from his uh, fumble there in the fourth quarter against Iowa State? I don't think he saw the field after he fumbled. Um, and some of that I think could be attributed to Rudolph. It seemed like it was maybe a bad handoff. But do you think they they worked on that last week? Yeah, I mean, well, first off, it's probably you know everything's always the quarterback's fault as far as ex- exchanges yeah. and stuff like that. Normally your quarterback's going to get the blame now, whether it really was or not. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, those coaches rode him big, especially on this off week, uh, talking about how important uh, ball security is. I mean, we saw how important it was in Baylor. We, we saw, you know, in Central Michigan, and not that he had fumbles in Central Michigan, but that Baylor game, you know, in particularly, uh, it, just learning how to. I, I think, I think the biggest thing he's going to get out of it is getting ripped to the sideline, but then coaches having the confidence to. To I think they do a good job of not, you know, keeping him over there, but getting him right back in there and and. Cause sometimes you 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 have a mistake and you sit over there and you dwell on it and dwell on it, it just gets worse. Sometimes you need to get right back in there, um, gain that confidence back, you know, in that ball security. So I I think this off week that that's all they've been pounding in his head is ball security. Heck, he may have even pulled a note from the the program and and made him carry around a ball off campus. <laughs> I I don't know, but yeah, most definitely he, he he you know he's had that on his mind and and ever since that Baylor game, you know, I guarantee it's been on his mind. So uh yeah, hopefully ball security and and uh hopefully he comes out there confident and 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 
hopefully it doesn't uh, hold him back. You know, sometimes they get so focused on ball security that they're not relaxing. They're not running, you know, like they can be running. So we want to see him loose and relaxed and, and hitting gaps and all that, all, all while having confidence um, that he's, you know, got good ball security. So. Yeah, totally. And, you know, so as we kind of look at the, the big picture of this game, you know, every statistical factor would, would indicate that Oklahoma State should be a 20-plus 20, 20 point favorite, which I believe they are, yeah, 24-point favorite. Um, you know, and, and and every statistic would seem to indicate that, but but like we mentioned at the top of the show, you can never never rely on that. Kansas is going to bring everything they've got. You know, they they realistically probably they definitely could have and maybe should have beat TCU at home just a couple weeks ago, um, lose by one point, and they had missed three field goals uh, in that game, and so you know they definitely have kind of been knocking on that door. Uh, to get uh, a a real program building win for for their new coach, and um, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you just don't want it to be this week. And so uh, I know the fans are are wanting the team to come out firing. Um, I know the coaches are wanting the to come out firing. So we'll just see uh, what happens. That game's at eleven o'clock uh, kickoff. And I mean, what have what is the deal with all these eleven a.m. kickoffs? I don't know. Uh, They're driving me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I can't get nothing done because I'm always busy around that time. And it's like, if I'm, when you're going to the game, I'm sweating to death by 1230 and, <laughs> and, and that's a whole game in a whole day in itself. And then when you're on the road, it's, it's hard to get to a TV when uh, there's nothing good about 11 game, 11 o'clock games. Yeah. In my opinion. Heck, there ain't nothing good about two thirty games. Give me the night ones all day long. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is, uh, I think this is the fourth 11 o'clock game for Oklahoma State. And, you know, they announced that the homecoming game against West Virginia is at 11 a.m. too. And, you know, OU, they've had their fair share of early games too. It, it's just, I guess it just maybe tells where the Big 12 is uh, nationally as a whole. You know, maybe it's just this idea that the Big yeah. 12's not, not that strong this year. And I, I think that's probably a lot of it. I think, you know, everybody knows that the Big 12 ain't as strong and there's some of these other key matchups that they'd rather be playing later in the day and and uh hey that's that's what you get when you know you want you want to start getting prime time then you need to start pulling off some wins and and uh stuff like that so really you probably can't blame anybody but ourselves yeah that's in true. that matter if if, if we're on say that again and we're probably you know if we beat baylor and central michigan then we're probably have a few more later games than than uh 11 but listen it ain't gonna be we could say i i'll sit here and say you know we we gotta we gotta come out swinging and all that stuff and kansas but when it boils down to it kansas is kansas we're gonna kick their tail hill's gonna rush for 150 yards washington's gonna get his 100 i think mccleskey or seals one of them is going to going to go for a hundred, and uh, Rudolph's going to have the big day, and I think uh, we'll even maybe see a uh, a backup showing because we're going to hammer time him. I got that feeling. Well, I, I love love the confidence. Um, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and switch gears, and we'll come back and to talk about OU at the end, and and maybe talk about the Big Twelve conferences. We're not dead in on the on that conference race, but. Um, let's switch gears and talk about Tulsa. Uh, you know, they, they, we, we talked about it, uh, last week. You know, they had, we knew they had the opportunity to go in and really just knock off Houston, who had come off that, that upset to Navy. And really, I mean, you know, Houston, although Houston led throughout the whole game, twice they led by 14. I mean, Tulsa did everything they could to hang in there. And then, um, yeah, I mean, they literally came within inches of tying that game up and going into overtime, uh, you know, on a fourth, fourth down play at, at the, at the goal line. And, you know, you mentioned or alluded to it earlier. Dane Evans fumbles at the 24 yard line on the previous possession is what, what gave Houston that seven point, point win. Um, but as we move forward to their game against Tulane, I mean, I mean, I know neither one of us have watched Tulane play this year because there's probably not a whole lot of people who've seen Tulane play this year. Um, but but this is homecoming for Tulsa, and this is a game not only that they should win, but but now sitting at four and two, one and one in conference, uh, this is a game they have to win. Don't you agree? Yeah, it's it's a uh, you know 
they've had their couple games, statement games. You know, let's come out, make a statement. They've had their couple opportunities there. Um, almost got it done with Houston. I think they had a good showing. You know, probably opened a little, a few people's eyes and mm-hmm. saying, well, hey, maybe this, you know, maybe this Tulsa team's not not too bad. I mean, they were driving yeah. with the chance. I mean, they were going to tie it up. They were going to win. You know, they were going to win. And I think, I mean, just the way Evans and them were playing, yeah. um, I just think it was going in their favor, and that's what happens when you have those turnovers. But so maybe it opened a few eyes, but, you know, they had their their uh, big game opportunities. Now, now, basically, what it boils down to is now you got to just take care of business. Now you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. And uh, there's no, you know, I, I don't know that there's really anybody left on the board that could be big time eye openers, you know, for, you know, statement games, I guess you, yeah. you call it. Uh, but, you know, they just got to take care of business. It's a, it's a, I think in this, if I'm a TU fan, which, which I am, uh, but if I'm hardcore, you know, screaming golden hurricane going every single season ticket game, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying win or bust. I mean, I, I, I think we've got a good enough team and uh, the way we've played that, that you know, at, at some point you, you get over the mediocre stage and you're like, okay, we made it to a bowl game. Well, it's, it's past time for them, and I think it's it's time they start – people's fans start expecting a little more, you know, out of the, out of the hurricane. So, in, in my opinion, uh, you know, they'll probably have another loss or so, but in my opinion, hey – I want to. I want to shut out the rest of the season, or you know, or else I'm a little disappointed in in uh, the turnout. Yeah, is that too harsh? That seems harsh. <laughs> well, it, it may be. Um, you know, I'm looking at their schedule. They 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 play Tulane, who you know is three and three. Uh, they haven't won a game in conference. Uh, then next week they're at Memphis, and then uh, they host East Carolina. Then they're at Navy. Uh, you know, and which obviously Navy has cracked the top 25 and they've, they've started out, they've had a good season. I know I, I probably underestimated them in our, in our college preview. Um, and so, you know, that stretch, this, these next, uh, four games are really going to, I think, indicate where, where's TU going to finish. You know, we, we talked about them going seven and five, eight and four. And, you know, I think, I think eight and four is definitely on the table. And I mean, I think maybe even a nine and three is, is potentially on the table. Um, but they can't take any weeks off. We talked about OSU playing down to their competition. Tulsa cannot do that against Tulane because, um, it, it, there's a, there's still two or three really tough games on the schedule. And if, if, if they're going to achieve what they want to achieve, they just can't take anyone lightly. And, you know, you look at, you look at this, this matchup with Tulane. Um, you know, it's, it, Tulane, uh, they, they, they can put some yards up, but they don't do it on, through the air. They do, they do it completely on the ground. They only average 110 yards passing. And so this, this defensive line for Tulsa, who, you know, they've, they've had their ups and downs. They're giving up 206 yards a game, but, you know, that's against, uh, some heavy rushing teams in Ohio State and Houston that are obviously skewing those. But, but really they gave up, they gave up the running yards to SMU too, which was a shock. So, um, you know, the, the defensive front for Tulsa is really going to have to take care of business and they're really going to have to force Tulane into passing situations. I think if they can, if they can really cause Tulane to have to open up the playbook, um, through the air, then, then that definitely favors Tulsa because, you know, you've got to imagine, uh, even though, uh, Tulane does have a better defense statistically, they haven't played the talent that Tulsa has at this point. And you've just got to imagine that Dane Evans and Lucas and Atkinson and Hobbs and Flanders and Brewer, all those guys that they can, that they, they'll be able to, to move the ball and hopefully put the ball in the end zone. Yeah. And, and you said it after, you know, they've, they've had a bit of a brutal schedule, Ohio State, Houston, Get you know, well, of course, everybody's playing Houston, but I mean, um, you know, they've they've been put through the ringer, so I, mm-hmm. I think that would give them a little bit of confidence coming into these next few games, saying, "Hey, listen, if we can go toe to toe with those guys, then I mean, you know, the teams they have left, you know, really reg- minus East Carolina, who's who's been good in the past years. 
I mean, they're all 500 teams. Yeah. Now, not disregarding Navy. Navy's, I think, been a bit of a surprise this year, and uh, that's definitely going to be a tough one. But you know, those other teams, I you know, I I think uh, they're you know they're 500 teams that I not not taking anything away from them, but just simply saying that I I think at this point Tulsa's better than them. Yeah. And uh, I, I will be, you know. I'll check chalk up another loss in there, but I, I think I think Tulsa's got a good shot at you know a nine and three season or is that what you said? Yeah, I think you, you know I think eight and four is definitely on the on the on the table, and I think nine and three is within reach for sure. We're going nine and three. <laughs> Boy, you start having a little confidence. You are brimming with confidence tonight. Listen, um, <laughs> I don't got confidence tonight. I, we're Tulsa's going to hammer time. They're going to take it out on Tulane. I'm sorry, you know, for for what happened, you know, uh, in Houston. But they're they're going to hammer time Tulane. They're going to get back, get the ball rolling again. They're going to go right into Memphis, East Carolina. They're they're going to take care of business. And we're looking at a nine and three record. I said it right here. Um, They're going to beat Navy. I know it's at Navy. But I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It. it is. It is on record. And so I want. I want to as we we wrap up talking about Tulsa. And by the way, they play at 2:45 on ESPNU. Uh, even Saturday. they get the later games. So yeah, even Tulsa gets the, <laughs> the later game. Um, but but kind of wrapping up Tulsa, I, I, I want to talk about something we've mentioned it in previous shows, and I know probably no TU fan wants to to hear it. Um, especially in the middle of the season, but you know, if TU goes nine and three in Philip Montgomery's second year, um, is his name going to be on some short list for 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 uh, some perceived bigger jobs? I'm not saying like Texas or USC or anything like that, but um, if, you know, is is he does he need another year before his name gets put on some of those lists, or or if if uh, TU could be nine and three, go to a, a a good bowl for the AAC? I mean, is he going to get looked at? I, yeah, I mean, I think that's always, that's always the scare of, you know, when you're in, I mean, even teams like Oklahoma state, I mean, when, when you're, you know, kind of lower tier division one, you're, I mean, you're stepping still, let's just, let's, let's be honest. And, and that's what happens. So yeah, he, he, if he, if he takes a team like Tulsa, you know, turns their season around like that, have comes out with, you know, nine and three record. Absolutely. I think, you know, maybe, maybe teams like, Houston, which I think's out of reach right now, because Houston's actually, I think, a pretty good job. I mean, they they're 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 in a good recruiting area. Um, there's a lot going on down in Houston, so that that job may be a you know another year or two out of of reach. But but absolutely, you're going to have teams calling, wanting him. Even some of those bigger schools, maybe even as a you know a coordinator, you know, assistant coach or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's always a. It's always great for fans that the uh, that coaches are successful, but at the same time, if other teams are always looking for successful coaches, so that's always a possibility. Yeah, you know, I was as we're talking, I was just sitting thinking. You mentioned how you know even Oklahoma State as kind of you know with Gundy, they're probably not so much of a stepping stool, stepping stone school. Um, but you know, I mean, throughout the years, they've 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 right. been known more, as more that. for like coordinators yeah mm-hmm. especially coordinators you know more and i'm, I'm yeah, kind of i'm i'm going way back in time and i i i'm just pulled up the 2002 Oklahoma State football schedule cuz as you said that I kind of I went back to to Les Miles' second year, and I I thought about how there were so many games that year where Oklahoma State it seemed like they were on the cusp of of being nine and three or or eight and four. They finished eight and five that year. They won the Houston Bowl, beat Southern Miss, but there were a couple games that they were on the cusp of being able to say like, Hey, you know, we're, we're here. And, you know, they won nine games in 2003, but so I, I I thought this was the year. And so I just wanted to double check. They opened the season that year at Louisiana tech and they lost 39 to 36. And that was a game, you know, other than it, it being 
in Shreveport, that was a game Oklahoma State was 100% favored in and really should have had no problem. Even that 2002 Oklahoma State team, um, the, you know, they, they won 2001 Bedlam to end the season in the year before. And so they had all this momentum and, and they, they just couldn't, they, they, they couldn't. It was a game they should have won, but they couldn't. And then, <clears throat> They win game two against Northern Iowa. They host UCLA, a big time game out of conference. And it was another one of those games where this is if it's basically one of those. If you're a real team, if you're, if you're going to compete, if you're going to be competitive, these are the games you should, uh, at least be super close in and ultimately maybe win. Well, they lose that one 38 24. So then there's, uh, they, they beat SMU at home. They lose to Texas by two points on the road, 17 to 15. Uh, they lose at Nebraska. No, sorry, hosting Nebraska, 24 21. They lose by three. They lose hosting Texas A&M, 28 23. They lose, uh, they beat OU 38 28, and that's what propelled them into the bowl game. But so right there, you have, a five-point loss to A&M at home, a three-point loss to Nebraska at home, a two-point loss at Texas, and then a three-point loss at Louisiana Tech. And and the whole reason I'm saying all that is not to bring up bad memories for, for Oklahoma State fans, but in some ways, that to me is the challenge for Tulsa. We're talking about them going nine and three. Well, if they're going to go nine and three, they can't have the 39-36 loss to Louisiana Tech. And so, in other words, they can't lay an egg against Tulane. And, you know, they, 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 they can compete at Memphis and they can compete at Navy and hopefully they can come out with a win. But, but if you're going to take that next step, if you're going to, if you're going to become one of those teams, somehow you have to find a way to win them. And, and for Oklahoma State, they found a way in 2003, but in 2002, they were right there on the edge. And as I'm looking at Tulsa and I, I look at Montgomery's first year, they go six and seven, they finished the season at 500 and there were a lot of close games. And now they're, they're winning. They, they've won two of those close games in the overtime against Fresno State and SMU. And they, they came up just short against a big time opponent at Houston. And so as the rest of the season goes, um, I'll be interested to see is like, are they ready to, to make that step? Are they ready to break through that wall? Because I, I agree nine and four, let's call or nine and three, let's do it. Let's, let's make it happen. But it'll be interesting to see in these games that they are favored in how well they take care of business. And then the games that they may not be favored in how well they compete. So, um, that'll just be fun to watch, uh, for TU fans. And, and I think it'll, it'll going back to Philip Montgomery, it will impact how, how these other schools perceive him. And, and I think he's a great fit at Tulsa. And, and I, I know the fans want him to stick around for a little bit longer. And so hopefully, uh, Hopefully that it won't happen, but it won't happen because Tulsa will be able to keep him, not because they they don't finish the season on a high note. So, right. um, let's let's move on and let's talk about OU Texas Tech. This game will be at seven o'clock. This is our primetime Big Twelve game on Fox. Um, uh, Texas Tech is three and three, one and two in conference. OU is four and two, three and zero oh in conference. And I mean, this is kind of becoming same story. Or same song, second verse with OU. They, they, they start out. You know, everyone's just off the bandwagon. They're one and two, and right now they've had three conference games. And the Texas game was close, um, but but three games into the conference season, they're they're once again looking like they're, in my opinion, the team to beat in conference. And that's not to discount Baylor, and it's definitely not to discount West Virginia because West Virginia went and laid the hammer to Tech last week. And but but it's just OU there it seems like they're starting to click, don't you think? Yeah, I mean like like you said, it, for the last few years it's high expectations, have a devastating loss, everybody's jumping off the bandwagon, then they string string together a few wins everybody starts getting excited again and you know here they are sitting at number 16 again uh, it's it's not going to happen uh, them getting into the playoffs but they're right there to where if if somebody makes a mistake and some of these teams rattle off a couple losses they're going to be right there back in the in the picture and that's just typical uh you know Oklahoma you know sp- Sooner magic, as they call it, mm-hmm. I think that uh, that they could possibly be right back in the hunt again. And yeah, they've been playing well. And I, I, you know, DD's been having some big games. Yeah. And, and 
uh, Mayfield's been been playing pretty good, and you know, sixteen TDs and you know, eighteen hundred yards passing, and you know, if they keep rolling, I, you know, I think this is going to be a, a. I know it's at Lubbock. Lubbock's a tough place to play. Um, I've been there to a game, and it's uh, it, it gets crazy there, um, especially these night games, and uh, so it will be a tough t- place to play. But I think. Uh, I think OU is going to take care of business, and uh, I think they'll. They've kind of got, like you said, they've kind of got that train running again. They're they're slowly feeding that fire, and uh, I think we're going to see some impressive ball uh, from them in the later later part of the season. Yeah, I agree. You know, you mentioned Westbrook. Westbrook uh, has forty three receptions, seven hundred twenty eight yards, and. Uh, uh, eight touchdowns is is what's listed, but his last three games against TCU, seven receptions, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. Texas, 10 receptions, 232 yards, a school record, and then three touchdowns. And then last week gets Kansas State, nine catches, 184 yards, and three touchdowns. And, I mean, you can tell by the, the amount of yards versus the catch. I mean, they are just throwing it deep, and he is he is going to get it. Mayfield is is hitting his spots on those throws and I mean it's it's been impressive to watch and and the the thing Jared I'm and this is I'm excited about but I need to preface it to say like I am in no way excited that Samaj P Ryan is 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 probably um out for a few weeks you know with that muscle tear but 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 because we want him to come back healthy I love watching that guy run but um this is Joe Mixon's backfield now and you know Mixon is already coming in. He had he had one more yard on the season than Pirine does, um, but but this is now his chance to be the feature back for a game. And and against Texas Tech, I mean he could come up huge. Um, uh, it, just in that backfield, Texas Tech they they average giving up two hundred and four yards a game um, on the ground. And so this is a game where he could really just elevate himself to kind of that superstar status. He already leads the the league in all-purpose yards a game. Um, but but to me, this is that chance where he could have a coming-out party in this game and maybe in the next two or three games. You see it all the time. You know, you see you see uh, somebody go down with an injury and uh, a back get his opportunity. I mean, look at Hill at Oklahoma State. Carson went down. Hill's got more of an opportunity, and people's, he's been opening people's eyes. Everybody knew Mixon was a stud, but but like you said, now with uh, with P Ryan, you know, going down injury, uh, giving giving him a couple weeks uh, of him of Mixon carrying the load and getting the bulk of the carries, uh, it yeah, it's exciting. But it's a uh, if you're a P Ryan fan, if you're P Ryan, you you know you're always going to say oh yeah you're happy for your team but you know deep down inside it's like crap this guy's going to take off and and uh i may have a i may be fighting for a few more carries uh if if Mixon continues to do what he's been doing uh so yeah it's a this is his opportunity you always say you know you're going to get your opportunity for more carries and stuff and and this is it for Mixon, and uh let's just see what he does with it yeah, it, it should be good to good to see and and like I said, I mean we want P Ryan to come back and 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 honestly, I want him to get that record. <laughs> I want him to to become the all-time uh, leading rusher in school history. So so you want him to come back healthy, but um that just goes to show the value of the depth that that OU backfield has and in someone like Mixon to be able to step in and and hopefully perform well. You know, when you look at Texas Tech, I mean they they got housed last week at home by Virginia Tech, forty eight to seventeen. They they lost forty four thirty eight two weeks ago to Kansas State, and and you know even earlier in the season they gave up forty five points to Louisiana Tech. They gave up sixty eight points at Arizona State back on September tenth. Um, you know for for a team obviously that they can put up the points too. They put up fifty five in that game. Um, they but but if they can't find a way to stop anybody let alone this OU offense I, I just think it could be a long day for the Red Raiders on Saturday yeah it's gonna be hammer time <laughs> I mean they're yeah I mean just uh, you know I think oh uh you know uh, what's his face pretty boy Kingsbury uh Kingsbury yeah I, I just lost his name uh you know he he uh he, 
I think I don't. I'm, I'm not saying he's on the hot seat or anything. I think they like him down there, but you know he needs to start. You know, getting back to to where they were a few years ago, where people were scared to play him. They they've you know, you know I I think it's safe to say that you're always scared to say him because of their offense and the way they throw around the ball. They could score you know in 15 seconds, but but um, I think it's been a bit disappointing this year, and and I think uh, I think. Uh, OU's going to um, exploit that or whatever word you, you would use. Uh, I think they're going to they're going to jump all over them. Yeah, I you know I I think they will also, and um, I, I I agree. I think if if Tech has one opportunity um, to exploit OU, it's definitely in the secondary. I mean, you've seen OU; uh, they're they they've got good backs, but they don't have depth. And and we've seen them be able to be exploited. I mean, against Texas, against TCU, um, even you know there was one big play kind of on a on a scramble in the K State game. And so I mean, you've you've you see where the OU secondary can get beat, especially on the deep ball. And you got Patrick Mahomes uh, in the Texas Tech backfield leading the league in passing yards per game over. Uh, Oh, I, I've lost it now, but I mean, it's, it's like 480 yards a game or something like that. It's, I mean, pretty, pretty ridiculous when you think about it, but, um, uh, let me see if I can find it real fast. Uh, yeah, 430 yards a game. I'm sorry, which is still just absolutely obscene. Um, but you know, so they'll try to exploit OU over the top. Um, you know, you bring up, uh, Kingsbury, uh, you know, I, like I said, I agree. I, he's not on the hot seat, but you know, he's, he's kind of that golden child. Um, in, in terms of he was, he was the guy that, that Texas tech wanted. He was the guy that the fans wanted. He's one of their own. It's, I mean, there were a lot of parallels drawn between him and like when Mike Gundy took over at Oklahoma state. Um, but, but, you know, it's definitely, I would say the sunshine has, has worn off, um, of, of his, of his pretty hair. And so, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to just see how that moves forward. I mean, I think in, in a lot of ways, it just seems like they're free falling. I mean, they've, they've, I know they've only lost their last two games. Um, they're, but three and three overall, it just seems like this is, they've got to find a way to right the ship or otherwise this whole season could be lost. Um, and so, you know, they'll come out fighting, but, but I agree with you. I don't know if I can use the word, uh, hammer time, but, uh, I I think OU will, will come out. And in, in my opinion, it just seems like OU's figured out what they need to do to, to be successful, uh, at least in the big 12 conference. Um, I think that they've just, they figured it out and, you know, P Ryan notwithstanding, if they can stay healthy, I think it's going to be their um, their conference to lose. And if not them, um, I'm I'm going to say West Virginia because West Virginia um, it hasn't always looked pretty, but I mean they've they've found a way to to win. Um, I think they're up to in the top twelve now um, in the nation, and so they they've just they've found ways to win, and it's going to be interesting. You know, we in their in our college football preview, we kind of circled that that game in Morgantown at the end of the year with OU and, and West Virginia. And right now all signs are pointing to that being potentially a, a big one. West Virginia hosts TCU this week. And um, so that'll be a big test. But but up there in Morgantown, you got to like like what you're seeing out of Dana Holgerson and all his Red Bulls. Yeah, hopefully it's not a big-time game because hopefully next week Cowboys take care of them. Yeah. And uh, kind of knock them off the phone a little bit. But we could talk about that you know, then, but yeah. Anyway, hey, just by the way, if, if, if you happen to uh, lose me, I'm on location and I, I promise I charged my phone, but it's just the battery's eating away. So <laughs> if you lose me folks, that's why my battery failed me. Well, so anyways, let's, let's, let's see if we can and maybe wrap this up. I do, I do want to, since we're kind of transitioning into the big 12, I, I want to get your thoughts because we haven't talked about this. Um, you know, the Big 12 came out and officially announced that they will not be expanding. They're going to stick to 10 teams. They still plan on doing round-robin schedule and a conference championship to make lots of money. Um, yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, what are your thoughts? I mean, is it is it ridiculous that they aren't expanding, or is it ridiculous that they just have no idea what they're doing? Well, both. They have no idea what they're doing, but... 
I mean, listen, it was I, – I knew it the day it, the day we lost Nebraska and, and, you know, Missouri, Colorado, those teams started falling. I was like, where – you know, where what, – what is happening here? We, we do not know what we're doing. We don't know how to keep – keep guys around i mean you know look at what a&m's doing in the sec right now i mean we lost look at nebraska this year i mean we to think about the teams that the big 12 had and where we once was i I know we've gained team teams like you know west virginia tcu but but they're not traditionally as strong as you know a lot of those teams that we lost and so a yeah we don't know what we're doing but b i you know I just think it's a big mistake not not opening up and expanding and getting back to where we used to be. I, I like I used to I I like the fact that we're playing all the teams, so I like that part of it. But I I like the old you know north south battle it out for a championship Big Twelve game. Uh, I like that type format. Um, but apparently we're going to be stuck doing things, you know all about making the money. I, I don't know what the deal is. But. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, here's my thing. It's like, yeah, I like the old North South and having a true conference championship. I think it's ridiculous that you would do a round robin schedule and then try to have a championship game. I mean, if that would have happened last year, uh, just after OU housed Oklahoma state, the very next week, they would have played each other again on a neutral site. Um, I just think that that's absolutely ridiculous, but, but to, to go back to the North and South, I would love to see that or east and west or whatever but my problem is like i don't want to see that with colorado state um right you know i don't want to see it with with a team that with a university that it would help that university unbelievably but it doesn't help the conference at all um you know and in i i mean i think you know we talked about a bit the big 12 missed the boat in my opinion on louisville and um you know and i guess that would have been at the expense of west virginia probably um and i love west virginia but it it's just you know i mean i don't know how much of a louisville's good in everything i mean louisville's good in everything and west virginia is competitive in everything as well i mean you know you got huggy bear and basketball and all that kind of stuff but it's just it's such a long flight out right. there um and, and, and maybe that's why maybe that's why you know we maybe we do know what we're doing maybe that's why we didn't expand because we're not going to just settle for the colorado states and we're not going to settle for those teams we're not going to open it up until a team that's worthy you know to to come in and be part of our conference maybe that's why we're holding out i i i don't know yeah i mean i think that's a that's a great idea it's just it i mean there's just not nobody's leaving the SEC to come to the Big 12. And I can't imagine Nebraska is going to leave the Big 10 to come back, even though, um, you know, when we went up to Omaha uh, for college baseball this past summer, we, my wife and I, we stayed in uh, Lincoln and then drove up to Omaha. And so that morning we stopped at a coffee shop and uh, I met this really nice, you know, older dude. He's probably in his early 70s and I'm wearing my OSU stuff. He's got a Nebraska hat on and, and, he, you know, he was excited because he remembered the days when Oklahoma State was always the College World Series. But, but what he told me while we're standing in the line to get coffee is he said, I miss being in the Big 12. He said, I miss all those games. I miss all those rivalries. Um, he said, it's just not the same in the Big 10. But having no. said that, they're not coming back. I mean, if, you know, the money is, no. is, is yeah. great in the Big 12, but it's even better in the Big 10. And the stability is a hundred and fifty percent better. Um, so, you know, it's, I've read a lot of stuff about how nothing, you know, at this point, uh, I think TV contracts renew in the mid 2020s. And so at this point, you know, this may be kind of leveled off and the Big 12 may just putter along, um, for a few more years. But once those TV contracts come, come up and, you know, the way TV has changed in general, um, you know, with, with social media and with streaming platforms and all that kind of stuff. Right. It'll be interesting to see if the money that the Big 12 wants is still there whenever those contracts come up. So um, it'll be something to keep yeah. an eye hey, on. Hey, Jason, I, 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 I would love to talk about I want to get into some of the – the, the playoff baseball and stuff, but I'm at 1%, so I'm I'm afraid you're about to lose me. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off here and uh, let, let you wrap that up. That way we don't have that, uh, you know, that awkward, is he here or is he not here? Okay. But uh, I'm at 1%. I don't know what to do. I guess I'm going to have to get a double. 
double battery or something. But well, uh, we'll, we'll, anyway, we'll figure it out. Well, thanks for being next, here. Jerry. Next week, maybe we could. Next week, maybe we can talk about uh, some playoff baseball. I'm I'm enjoying uh, Cleveland Indians making the uh, making it to the World Series, and hopefully they'll be uh, waiting on the uh, Cubs. Cubs are leading right now, one to nothing. All right, as I uh, as I see on my my board here, but uh, yeah, I, that's a, that'll be an exciting matchup. E- either way, I I I like the Dodgers too. Uh, either way, but but I'm I'm pulling for the Cubs. We haven't seen them do it in a while, and and think about that matchup: the Cleveland and Cubs. That'd be oh. good. But anyways, yeah, you're about to lose me, so I'm gonna. We'll I'm talk gonna, about that next week. And hey, Jared, real fast, you know what else we'll talk about next week? What's that? Thunder basketball will be back. Thunder basketball will be. Yeah, so we'll have, be we'll, fun. we'll have a lot to talk about next week. But hey, man, thanks for being here. We will talk to you later. Sweet. See you. We'll find out who the cupcakes are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it was, it was great that Jared could join us. And I'm, uh, I hate that his battery has uh, passed on. But um, so just to wrap up, I, I do want to just mention basketball does start next week. And so we will talk some Thunder Hoops uh, next week. We haven't even touched on the whole Russell uh, KD stuff and and this being Westbrook's team now and, and what we're going to see moving forward. So we will kick that off next week. And we will also here in the next couple weeks beginning college basketball uh, OU coming off of a Final Four appearance last year, looking to reload. And then Oklahoma State has ushered in the Brad Underwood era. And so we'll we'll have a lot to talk about. We'll have playoff baseball. We'll have college football. We'll have a little bit of college basketball. We'll have Thunder basketball. It is a great time to be a sports fan in Oklahoma. So until next week, we hope you enjoy your weekend of football games. And uh, don't forget, you can follow us at OK Sports Show on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at OklahomaSportsShow at gmail.com. Send us your comments, your questions. What do you want to know about Thunder basketball next week? Just email us or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook, and uh, we, we will talk about it if you will ask the question. And uh, don't forget, go to OklahomaTalking.co. You can find blog posts. You can find uh, reviews of uh, recaps of every week uh, from the, the big three teams and we would love for you to check it out and hey tell your friends about us if you have a friend in oklahoma that likes sports uh send them a link to the show download it in itunes download it on stitcher overcast whatever your preferred podcast platform is we would love to be a part of your life just once a week that's all we ask for just one hour a week So, hey, until next time, this is the Oklahoma Sports Show. I am Jason Evans, and we will see you later.